Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And we have just a barn burner. A humdinger. Of a show tonight. A humdinger. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. What was do. that? We're what very was that Simpsons? What was that Simpsons episode or what was it? Simpsons epi- or Simpsons Family Guy or South Park. One of those where it's like they're talking about a um a hoot nanny versus a shindig and they're like <laughs> it's a hoot nanny and they're like no shindig, hoot nanny, shindig, hoot nanny. I think it was <laughs> Family Guy. Oh, we just heard our guest. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's okay. She's she's so or, excited or, to be here. Or Tony. We'll get to you, Michelle. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was that was that was. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what episode it was. But anyway, uh, this show is probably going to go off the rails early and often. I got to thank the team at Municipal Solutions, John Mutton and the crew for the amazing work they do. Of course, each week being our presenting sponsor, you can find them at Municipal Solutions. .ca. And Tony, I know that you have some more details on what they do and also some of our other supporting partners. Yes, we we certainly do want to thank John Mutton and the gang at Municipal Solutions. They are great presenting sponsors for many, many months now. They offer development services and project management for your projects, which includes development approvals and permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you have a minor variance or land severance issue or a building permit issue, you go to municipalsolutions.ca. And then we also want to thank Stephen J. Sparling. He is a municipal lobbyist representing the development industry clients in the GTA West, such as Etobicoke, Mississauga, and Oakville. Visit haltongr.com. And don't forget to visit looneypolitics.com. You can use the code podcast and get 50% off an annual subscription, which gives you exclusive access to content you cannot get anywhere else, including episodes of this show that you can only hear when you become a subscriber. Once again, looneypolitics.com. We have a ton to get to. Off the top, because I just want to get this out of the way, because my phone is blowing up, your phone has been (laughs) blowing up all day, and a lot of people reaching out to us asking if we're going to run for leader of the Conservative Party. We tweeted it out earlier. We're waiting for the rules to come out because Tony and I are probably going to run as a team, but we're going to announce our final decision next week. So on the episode next week, we will announce what the decision will be, and we're going to lay out a vision for Canada. And full disclosure, I've already endorsed 100% Pierre Polyev, but as a true politician, I'm not going to discount myself because I don't want to write myself off. So uh, I might run, but I'm 100% with Pierre. So we'll see what uh, what happens. And Tony, I know that you have some decisions to make as well. But again, Tony and I will announce next week as to whether or not we will be the first tag team leadership <laughs> campaign. Ever. And, and that's the key component of this, Jody. We're not running as a single person. We're running as a no, duo. A tag team. Yeah, that's like right. Wrestling. Yeah. Yes. yeah, like wrestling. But and and I'll the, probably the get some belts made. I'm going to get belts made. So <laughs> the crazy thing is, we be. already have like merchandise. We have the coffee mugs and the hoodies already. And the hoodies. So, and yeah. by the way, we tweeted that out. We thanked one of our big supporters, Scott Reed. And yes. Scott, not the not the conservative Scott Reed, the liberal Scott the, Reed, the liberal Scott Reed. And he he already he liked the tweet. So I mean, 
we're good. We're off to the races. We are off to the races. I'm just so excited about this, Jody, but we're going to wait till next week and we'll uh, let our listeners know what's going on there. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss out. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. Uh, In the meantime, we have waiting with bated breath, I'm sure. uh, Member of Parliament, Michelle Ferreri. She is the MP for Peterborough Kawartha in Ontario. She's the uh, she is the candidate that defeated the liberal Miriam Monsef. Uh, And uh, prior to that, she was a TV news anchor for the local Peterborough TV station Checks DT. Michelle Ferreri, welcome to our program. You are a, a, a part of a long line of conservative MPs who have been on this program. Uh, I'm thinking of Michelle Rempel. I'm thinking of Pierre Polyev, Leslin Lewis, uh, Dan Albus. Uh, Jody, help me out here. We've had a lot of uh, conservative MPs on here, right? Uh, yeah. Who, Leo Housakos. Yes, Senator um, Housakos has been Senator on. Senator Housakos, sorry. Who else have we had? Did we have Gerard Deltel on? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had Gerard Deltel. That's right. Yes, we've had yeah, we've had a lot of them. We've had a lot of them. And one of the things, David Piccini, who's an Ontario MPP, but usually what happens when you come on the show, Michelle, a couple different things. You either get ousted as in from some sort of leadership position, <laughs> or you get or you get elevated to some sort of leadership. Oh boy! Okay. Yeah, we there's, had no, a, there's no. We had Aaron O'Toole on as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> But oh, David Pacini is now the minister of environment. He was <laughs> he was on our show that week. He got the call. So it's, well, there you it's go. up and down. So David's a good guy. <laughs> so welcome well, thanks to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. So not much happening in your world. Uh, no, no, it's pretty calm. Yeah, it's a good time to get into politics. It's very low key. Um, yeah, the world's, you know, not a dumpster fire. It's really good. So uh, I, there's uh, many different ways we can go, but maybe just your comments, uh, first of all, uh, on the conservative leadership issue. Obviously, you had to participate in a, a pretty uh, intense caucus meeting uh, with a result that uh, resulted in a change of leadership for the party. We're going to go through that process. Tell us a little bit about what you were feeling, what what it was like for you. Yeah, thanks, Tony. You know, I'm a rookie, right? And uh, this is my first experience in politics. And I was an entrepreneur before this. So I, you know, ran my own business in social media marketing and communications. And um, so this is a whole other world for me. I mean, I was always an advocate for, for politics, but much probably like Jody's career, I often sat and was a very much a, an armchair critic of, of politics and politicians. And so now to be on the other side of it, it is definitely um, a different perspective. You know, Aaron O'Toole, got me to where I am. And, you know, so there's, there's definitely a, a sense of loyalty there. Like I ran under him because of him, you know, his father is from my riding. He helped out on my campaign. Um, so it was a little different for me and it was, it was quite frankly, it's, it's emotional. Right. And right. so I think it's, um, you know, emotional and logical or sometimes they have to intersect and you have to make really tough decisions. And, uh, and look at the whole picture outside of yourself. But, um, you know, I think Aaron tried to do something and, you know, I think there's just a lot of things that come into play in politics, much like when I ran that are way out of your control. And, um, you know, it just didn't work out. 
So yeah, here we are. I, you know, and John O'Toole, his dad was my parliamentary assistant when I was mm-hmm. minister of health in Ontario. So I go way, way back to that the O'Toole family. And uh, it, no one likes to see some of these, the, some of this side of politics. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, it is emotional because I think what you're saying and what some people don't understand who see the game of politics, mm-hmm. but it is people. It's people yeah. with emotions, people with who get hurt. Uh, it's it's not as simple as oh well, I've got to make a calculation that this is better than this. It affects people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these are and the sacrifice that goes into that level of commitment that Aaron had on a leader level, the sacrifice of your family and your kids and your partner and your extended family. Like, I just. I just can't really fathom that, you know, because even becoming an MP, my mother still, I've, well, I've just lost my daughter. I don't see her anymore. I have to make an appointment because it's it, it, public service is another level of commitment. And so, you know, this does impact and it's not just Aaron, it's his team. It's, it's a, it's a big impact. Right. And right. so, um, you know, I'm experiencing that for the first time, but it's part of what has to happen. It's, uh, there's again, that logic part. Sometimes something just isn't working, no matter how much you'd like it to work. Sometimes it just isn't. Do you think the party can come away with this in a better place then? I hope so. I really hope so because, you know, that's why I'm here. And I think that's why we're all here. I think, you know, the conservatives have had the same conversation for decades of, our greatest strength is often our greatest challenge, right? We invite all of these autonomous, free-thinking people in. And as a result, you have a lot of different personalities, a lot of different perspectives. And that is very hard to wrangle. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a certain person. And then you throw in, you know, the new age of social media, the covid you throw in a prime minister who has never in the history of prime ministers that I know of ever been so polarizing. And you just have this, this recipe for so much going on. But, you know, I think, I think out of all storms comes, comes some clarity. And so I think, uh, I think it has to come. And I think sometimes things have to erupt much like the convoy, right? Like I've talked about that often. I said, it, it almost had to come to this. Like people had to release that energy and those feelings somewhere. And so, you know, it happened at the same time um, as our caucus. So I think, you know, I think things will will start to settle soon. Let's talk about the convoy because that is not only a national story, it's an international story. And it has actually inspired other trucker convoys in other countries. Yeah to, to mm-hmm. mobilize now. So this is a, a huge international story now. Tell us tell us your perceptions of this whole thing. Oh, well, I'm sure whatever I tell you, I'll get some clip taken out of what I said and it'll be twisted and turned, but <laughs> I'll tell you what not, I not think. By, not by us. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. You know, this has been um, something that we have probably never seen. Well, I've never seen in my lifetime. Um, we are in the history books right now. And uh, it's it's a lot to process. It's a lot to see. And, you know, I was on the ground in Ottawa and I think the, the wild thing about it, to be honest with you, if you went to my office and you saw the whiplash 
of comments that come through of, you know, because I've been pretty vocal that I think that this had to happen and that there is for the first time in a long time, an element of hope for the people who, you know, just haven't felt heard. I've definitely compared it to, remember when you, when mental health started to really come around and you sat in a room and you're like, well, I'm actually struggling with depression. And then another person's like, you do? And so everybody puts up their hand. Mm-hmm. And I think this convoy is, wow, I'm really sick of this. You know, I got my mandates and I did what was asked me. I just can't live like this anymore. I just want to go live again. And so I think that's the essence of what it turned into. And then, you know, you have a lot of, you know, things that go bad or people that do bad things and and you have high emotions and you have all different you know, people with all different socioeconomic backgrounds and all of these things come into play. So you're going to have things that aren't great. But being on the ground in Ottawa, you know, it's, there's such a sense, like, it's, you have to almost experience it. And I think it's funny, because some people have completely different experiences. But I also think that everything has an expiration date. And so it's time, like message has been delivered. We have to move on too, because the noise, like I will tell you the noise, the honking horns, it's a lot, like it's a lot to handle. Um, so I, I understand that aspect of it as well. Michelle, I just wanted to jump in quickly because to piggyback off something <laughs> you said about earlier about how you are, this is a new experience. You're on the mm-hmm. other side now um, versus being a, in the broadcasting journalism field and now being a politician. And I think one of the, the things that that is refreshing about yourself is you're not in the bubble. And people speak about being stuck in this Ottawa bubble because that's they live it, they breathe mm-hmm. it, and they really don't have a good sense, in my opinion, of what the actual feeling is out there. And I think you're picking up and you're seeing it for what it is. You know, comments like this had to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's politicians in there that just don't even, they can't even comprehend what that means because they're in the bubble. Whereas mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. This is like a, I hate to use the word, but it's like a reckoning and people are mm-hmm. need somewhere to channel their anger. I'm, I'm curious, what are your, like, do you have colleagues that you can tell, like you need to step out of the bubble and talk to real people because you have no clue about what's going on? I, I don't know if I feel like I have colleagues like that. I definitely think people across the way, I feel like that. Um, well, they could be considered colleagues. Like I, I mean, definitely feel like the prime minister. could could handle that right now and again you know I like to I really with my background in sort of journalism I always look at something from three sides and I just want to say something to what you said Jody about anger I think I've always said grief and anger share a very similar space and I think that there's a lot of grief in this country right now and um, I always made a joke that the Incredible Hulk showed us what grief what grief looks like because it can, it can, it can be angry too. But I think there's a lot of people who are just so, they were so sad. And, you know, when we looked at the overpasses and I told the story in one of my speeches, there was this young girl, she was 19 years old and she went to the overpass and she was really reluctant to go. And she's just, you know, I have three kids and I've, I have three different kids in 2022 than I had in March, 2020. Like they, this is, this has impacted them desperately. And she went to this overpass and, you know, everybody was just like cheering and, and happy to see her and, Hey, how can we help? And she just broke down because she didn't know other people felt like her. Yeah. And I think that that's really powerful. And if we can park the kind of extremist and park the kind of, 
and get back to a place where we're comfortable with people's risk tolerance, I think we can move forward. And I think people are ready for that. And if we can get past, I was right. And that's what I told you. I think, I think we'll move forward well, but. Yeah. I mean, and just, just to follow up too, I mean, and Tony can comment on this too, and you can dig deeper, but I was talking to someone the other day, or actually it was tonight about, you know, the, the, the framing of the event. Cause I have a lot of friends that have been down there and it is completely different Mm -hmm. their view on what versus what we hear and, and what people would call legacy media or the mainstream media. I'm not whatever I'm using air quotes there, but um, as someone in the media, I feel I can get away with saying that, but uh, (laughs) you know, with you know, the police reported a couple assaults and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well tell me when there isn't a night in Ottawa where there's not a couple assaults. Like, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. Like you can't, it's just, I hate the lumping in of everybody and using that same brush. It really annoys me. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm glad that you're speaking out, even though you're taking a lot of heat for what you're saying. <laughs> Honestly, it's refreshing. And, and I think we'd be, we'd be better served if more would actually speak from the heart, even though it might come out wrong sometimes, mm-hmm. not you, but I'm just saying it might. Oh no, it comes it's out just, wrong sometimes, it's Jody. <laughs> it's, but, it's, but it's authentic. It's authentic and it's real. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I think, you know, I went into politics and um, I always said, I, I really believe people are doing the best they can with the resources they have. Like, I genuinely believe that. And I think sometimes, though, if you're in a very small sphere or bubble, as you called it, Jody, um, you don't get to do your best isn't good enough because it's too restricted in what you're seeing to offer a well-rounded perspective. And so I think, um, but to, to your point of painting, you know, a group of people with one brush, it's, that's tough, right? Like that's a really, that's, you know, I, I love what Pierre said in the house one day, it was so good and so pointed because he's like, just because your prime minister wore blackface multiple times, doesn't mean all liberals are racist. And so I think the, the notion of individual responsibility really aligns with the conversation we need to be having, which is what is our individual risk tolerance for how we want to move forward and right. live? Yeah, I, I've been saying that for months now. Jody can attest this, that at some point we've got to flip flip mm-hmm. the narrative a little bit. And uh, yes, uh, obviously uh, COVID is, is here and it, it undoubtedly will be here for some time to come. Uh, and so do we just continue to do this lockdown whack-a-mole thing Mm -hmm. or do we start to live with it and take the precautions that we think are necessary for ourselves and our families Mm -hmm. uh, and that have that individual responsibility. Uh, But I do want to take it back to prime minister Trudeau a little bit. uh, And I, because I, I feel very strongly that the role of a prime minister is to try to unite a country. And yet uh, we have this greater and greater division that's happening right now. And some of it, uh, quite frankly, he has added fuel to the fire. So you're you're right on the scene there. Tell us tell us what you're thinking and what you're seeing about Prime Minister Trudeau. Listen, I uh, I always try to look at everything and and I, I probably look at things probably a little bit different. But I remember somebody said to me, you know, abuse of um, power goes to someone's head, like too much power control can go to someone's head. And I also think, you know, that can be said for um, being recipient of hate and, and abuse, right? And when you're in a leadership role like that, 
I think to not get hardened and to not be like who he was, like when you read, like, I think it was actually on this day in 2011, Dan Albus tweeted this out today. You know, it's time for a prime minister who listens to everyone every time, all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think we, you know, this is a really big, serious conversation that is way deeper than the 20 minutes we probably have. But the people also are a bit responsible for, politicians not being able to be authentic or say what they want to say. And so I think they turn into different people in this, in this realm. And, um, you know, I think it's hard not to get jaded and it's hard not to do that. But to your point and to, and to be more political, he's not doing his job, whatever the reason it is like, you know, I can sit here and psychoanalyze him all I want, not being a psychoanalyst, just, you know, but he's not doing his job. And so Back to the, you know, if we were to circle full circle back to the beginning of this conversation, how did you feel about the leadership, you know, review and caucus? Sometimes somebody just isn't doing the, you know, it isn't being done properly and he's not doing his job right now. And that's the honest conversation with trying to remove the emotion of whether we like him or we don't like him. Um, This is not, this is not solving a problem. And, you know, you have people who would say crisis, crisis intervention or crisis management officials will tell you protesters what's the number one thing a protester needs they need to be heard right right? and and if you want it to end peacefully that's how it ends you know i i talked to two police officers on the ground in ottawa and uh who worked caledonia and they said listen you put in force it gets ugly yeah all they want is to be heard yeah and so the more you say go home the more you say you don't matter. The more you say, um, you know, you're a fringe minority, these are inflammatory comments that do not dissolve or deescalate the issue. Can I, can I remind everybody of something? And Michelle, uh, I'd forgive you if you, if you didn't remember this, but 10 years ago, we had a series, multiple, multiple protests on the Hill and throughout the country uh, about Indigenous issues, and it was called mm-hmm. Idle No More. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, when they protested in Ottawa, they barricaded the prime minister's office. They were all around the building. You oh, couldn't I get that. you yeah, couldn't yeah, get yeah. in and out of that building. So, what did Prime Minister Harper do in that situation? He did a f- one day, full day conference from morning to evening mm-hmm. with the organizers of Idle No More, with half his cabinet. I was there for the whole day in the prime minister's office with the prime minister, a half a dozen other ministers were there too. And we sat there and listened to their grievances all day and all night while they were pounding on the doors of the prime minister's office outside. That's what Stephen Harper did. And uh, by the way, one of the people there was that was the, one of the chief interlocutors for the protesters was a woman by the name of Jody Wilson-Raybould. <laughs> and so, I think I've heard of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So when people say, well, you know, that's uh, and I I know you weren't saying this, but, you know, there are two ways to react to protesters Mm -hmm. that you don't like or or uh, that are contrary to your vision of the country. Mm -hmm. And Stephen Harper handled it in a very different way. And I I want people to remember that because uh, that's the kind of leadership we need from Prime Minister Trudeau right now, I would say. Yeah. What we don't know is just forgotten. Right. That was a line one day Pierre used in one of his press releases. And I was like, that is so true because it's just like we have to relearn these lessons over and over again. And we 
I mean, this uh, this is definitely a cyclical space politics, and it's been here before. We've had situations like this before, right? Exactly. Um, and and how did it? You know, how did that work versus how did this approach work? So, I you know, and where is he? I think you know that's the really where is he? I yeah. don't. I think it's that's bizarre. bizarre. It's yeah. actually bizarre. Like, you know, when you have kids, you're like, isn't that like a captain leaving his ship in the middle of it? And I'm like, yes. Like, so you actually have a state of emergency called. Where is your leader? Uh, it, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, there's something going on there that it was like uh, Trudeau was like uh, Antonio Brown when he left the Buccaneers. <laughs> that's right. That one game. That's what we we'll like call the Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street. That's his new nickname. We're going to call him Antonio Trudeau. Uh, Antonio. Hey, <laughs> Antonio. I'm Tony. I don't want to. I don't want that. Mm. Hey, okay, uh, I know. <laughs> I know, Michelle. You've got a lot on your plate, uh, but I do want to ask you about. Uh, your management of 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 media, because uh, I think you, there was a little bit of a dust up in Peterborough, from what I understand, with one of the one of the local journalists not giving <laughs> you the time of day. And you you come from that milieu as as a mm-hmm. former media person yourself. So and and you're you're very forthright. I I've seen videos of you just telling it like it is. So that's is true. This, that's is forthright. This by- I like that word. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's nice. I think my family calls it blunt and too honest. So I like that better. That's nice, Tony. So is is this by design or is it just who you are? I, I'm, I'm it's curious. Just it's just who I am. Unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not sure which one yet. <laughs> Are are you concerned about it, like being too honest with people? Um. Yes, I guess in a way, right? Because it's you you change, right? The minute you get elected, and I'm sure you probably had this too, Tony. I'm I'm different. I'm not different at all. I'm still Michelle, but that label changes how you're seen and perceived and what's expected of you. Right. Yeah. And so, as a result, like you know, I'm on a learning curve too, where I'm like, okay, like I used to respond to every single comment on my Facebook. That's what I did. Like, that's how I built my business. And, you know, I had all these people on the outside and they would say, Michelle, you've got to stop doing that. Like, you're never going to change these people's minds. They're going in with an intention. Like, it's just a waste of your time. And that, like, that was really hard for me to accept because I was like, no, like, let's all have a conversation. Right. But there's there's a stigma, especially when you're in a bellwether riding and you have that polarization, like the former member, she had it as well, because you have such a divide. And this is what I was talking about before, where the phone rings and it's like, Michelle, we love you. The next phone is resign. Hashtag resign, Ferrari. So it's this like whiplash. Right. Right. And so I think um I think people just automatically, it doesn't matter. You're not Michelle anymore. And if you have conservative attached to your name, unfortunately, that's some people, they're not going to like you. And that's, it's it. There's a stigma attached to a conservative. There's a branding issue with conservatives. And um, they're just, they're not well received by some of that sort of, you know, more moderate or to left people and they they don't even want to have that conversation. And so, you know, to the point of the media, I think it's been interesting. It's been very interesting because I've stood up for the media my whole life and said like this is, you know, media doesn't I never was told what to do when I worked um in media. I, I never felt like I had somebody telling me what I should do or how I should tell a story. I had a lot of creative control and I loved it. And now I do feel like because we live in a clickbait world, they're at the mercy because they're under pressure. 
mm-hmm. to to create content that is these clickbait headlines and they you know they're they're a big contributor to this divide as well and how do you undo that you know that's so a great point it's yeah. a huge issue it's a huge issue because it's kind of like what i say about the teachers the teachers have to give report cards to kids because they're graded and so it's this trickle down waterfall impact where everybody just is stressed because they're being graded and 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 not in a way that is always you know representative of who they are and so the media is under all of this pressure because the pie used to be you know four things it was radio it was uh, print and it was uh, tv well now you've got you know a hundred different podcasts and you've got social media and you've got this and that and so everybody's fighting and so you've lost um, sometimes you know when people get hungry they do they do different things no, that and that uh, that's only increased uh, tenfold in, in the mm-hmm. years since I was in politics. You're absolutely correct mm-hmm. about that, Jody. Do you have any final comments for our guest? No, I just sleep. enjoyed this. I'm uh, I'm listening. And... <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm. I, there's lots of things I could say. I I actually agree with a lot of the stuff you're saying. Obviously, and it's uh, yeah. I, I long. I mean, I was a you know I was on a different level. I was a municipal politician, but. I was in the same boat. I reminisce about this often these days. And Tony and I talk about it. It's like, I, you know, I was someone that I was not because you were always concerned about saying something that would mm-hmm. upset, upset someone. And mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm out of politics. I'm not saying I'll never go back, go back, but uh, I like being who I am. And I think people should be who they are. And, you know, it's, uh, that's why we're going to, we're going to have a tag team running the <laughs> leadership. the best thing I've ever team. heard of in my life. Yes. So. <laughs> and if you could do it like where, like, I don't know who would be in the front and who would be in the back, but if one of you could actually work each other's arms while you talk, <laughs> I think that that would be even more dynamic for, you know, to engage a different audience. I, I oh, think Michelle has a really good idea there, Jodes. So she should be our campaign manager. <laughs> we're going to need a manager. We're going to be a tag team. Tag teams do have managers. So there we go. Uh, I, I would like to ask you guys one question before I go. Sure. Um, Tony, being that you've been in my position, what piece of advice would you give to a rookie MP? <laughs> Never forget your writing. Uh, mm. You know, I, I had this fixation with, even when I was a senior cabinet minister, I'd spend at least 10 to 12 days a month in the writing. And so that may, that may have meant that I wasn't on as many foreign trips or, or, you know, what have you, but, or I didn't spend uh, weekends in Ottawa. Uh, now in my case, my family was not in Ottawa, so I, I don't know what your circumstances mm-hmm. are, but, uh, but I, I just, I just, it was my religion to be everywhere in my riding. And so when it, you know, when I was winning by 15,000 votes, it didn't matter. I, I guess I could have t- taken it easy. But in the tough election, which was 2015, uh, that made all the difference in the world because they knew they, they, they didn't like Harper by then. Harper was on his way out. But they thought, you know, this guy actually fights for us. He's 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 a fighter for us. He, he understands us. And mm-hmm. they didn't want to lose that. So uh, that's that's a I have many pieces of advice, uh, but that's certainly the most important. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's how you got here, right? And um, yeah. and those people, you have to bleed for those people because they they are your people. And and those people. Yeah, oh my I heard, gosh, I heard that Tony. too. I heard Tony, it too. Those people. It too. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, I'm put that. Put it on Twitter. It. Resign. That's, that's we're gonna be kicked off Spotify now. 
That's it. Neil oh. Young is going to come after us. <laughs> Resign. <laughs> That's my advice anyway. Michelle, no, I, I appreciate it. I really do. And it's a tough one to walk when, like I said, you have a, a real split riding. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very hard thing to do because you do have to sort of represent all interests and be all things to all people. And as you know, that's... It's, it's not yeah. a possible task. Well, I, I'm sure you're up to it, and uh, we, we wish you nothing but success. Michelle Ferreri, thank you for coming on and Another Thing podcast. Thank you. Another excellent conversation, and maybe, maybe some viral quotes in there from her, something that lights up or I don't know what do you think I'm I'm going to I'm going to admit something I didn't know what to expect with Michelle Ferrari because she she does light up things with the, some of her comments and when she posts them or is filmed saying things but I found her to be just a delightful person and uh, a thoughtful person and uh, she had some real insights there so um, there you go Yeah I think she um when she talks about a divide in her writing which is very evidenced. Um, you know, I've spent some time in, in Peterborough Kawartha and follow the media there still. And, and there still is obviously Miriam Monsef, the former MP, has has a loyal following there. Sure. Um, and they're very vocal. But, you know, I, I she's, she just, she's blunt. Like, I mean, you yeah. called her forthright. She said her friends and family say she's blunt. And that's exactly what she is. She does not hold back. Yeah. And I hope, you know, I hope that she continues to be like that obviously with some restraint in terms of like you know you don't want to be you know dropping f-bombs all the time but uh although i was going to ask her i was going to say is it tough to not drop f drop f-bombs in the house (laughs) (laughs) that's what they should just do it actually let you swear and then the uh the speaker there could like you know have the seven second delay or something well of course uh justin trudeau's dad was famous for that and then justin trudeau Hur- yeah. hurled some uh, f-bombs at peter kent one one time but so there you go so it, i, I think I've asked, you this be- I've asked you this before but like when you're heckling or you're yelling in there like can you get in big trouble for that because i would i would be like the king of heckles like i would just be chirping all the- all the time oh well if you're uh if you're called out by the speaker uh he'll give you one warning if you're heckling too much and if you keep heckling he can kick you out of the house and usually, what's the fallout from that, though? Like, well, you, you get you get your pay docked for one. Really? Thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's lame. <laughs> that's lame. <laughs> and think- uh, you know, there's the ignominy of being kicked out of the house, which your constituents are not too happy about. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, there needs to be a little bit of a reworking of the way we look at Parliament, to be honest. Because if I was a leader. Well, sorry, actually, when we run hey, the tag when, team when leadership, we, when we win, yes. the tag team leadership, you know what we'll be doing? Encouraging our MPs, we'll be telling them to direct. Like, we'll be, it'll be like, you know, when uh, they used to have enforcers, you know, uh, in unwritten rule and of, of enforcers in hockey. And, you know, you'd get, you'd have a, you know, an enforcer would get on the ice and you'd target their best player. That's what we're going to have enforcers <laughs> in there. Oh, and they're going to target MPs that are good communicators across the way. So. Well, we might have another elbow gate. Remember when Justin well, Trudeau? No, 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 no. We're not going to get physical. Okay. We're going to use our brains, our wit. Okay. Yes. So. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, let, let me know when you find the, our wit and our brains, please. So if you could, Tony, um, yes, over the next couple of days, work on that vision for Canada. We'll roll that out next week. And then at the end of the show, we'll announce 
our final decision on if we're running or not. Okay. I got to get in touch with the uh, committee. See okay, that's right. The committee to, to elect uh, Jody and Tony. Yes. Well, no, no. The the uh, CPC, the conservative. Oh, the LEOC. Yes. The LEOC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They'll have yeah. a committee. You should know this. Yes, I do know and, that. And yes. uh, we'll go from there. So. Okay, man. Sounds and, like a plan. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we cannot do any fundraising, but please reach out to us if you'd like to support us in any way. But but we have not announced yet. No, but buy the merchandise in the meantime. And buy the merchandise. Zekeagency.com. All right. We will do this again in seven days. That was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you oh, to I our sponsors. This. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I'm, I'm like all around. I'm like thinking of a thousand things right now. I was also <laughs> going to say, have you been watching the Olympics? Because I was uh, the other night I'm watching skiing of some sort and a woman from Perry Sound. So I immediately thought of you. Yeah, she's uh, everybody's very excited about her. I I, um, I checked in with my former constit assistant and uh, I knew her dad very well. So, oh, uh, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very excited uh, for her and I will get you her name while you're saying Isn't it Michelle the, Oldham or something like that. Or uh, Melanie Oldham. Ma- Megan. Megan. Megan Oldham. Oldham. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. So, so she was in I want to say like slope style or something. But yeah, uh, so, uh, no, I thought it was ski jumping. Ski jump. Well, something like she was on a hill with snow. And of course, in Beijing, by the way, unless I'm mistaken, I believe that Be- all the snow in Beijing is artificial. So, yeah, I know it's it's <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the Beijing. Are you boycotting the Olympics or no? No, I, I watched some. I did watch some today uh, okay. because uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm wearing a Team Canada hoodie right now as, as we're talking. I, I'm a big Olympics guy. I love the Olympics, so I, I yes. just can't stay away. You just can't stay away. Uh, thanks again to John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions each week, bringing you this show as our presenting sponsor. Also, uh, looneypolitics.com. Don't forget, use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription, which gives you access to exclusive content that you cannot get anywhere else, looneypolitics.com. And HaltonGR.com for our friend Stephen J. Sparling. He's there as a municipal lobbyist representing the development industry clients. So check him out as well. And a shout out to Jordan and the crew for their work at MNC Podcast Network. Uh, We appreciate what they do. And again, next week, we will announce our final decision on conservative leadership. Will we run as a tag team or will we stay on the sidelines? Will we or won't we? Will we or won't we? All right, Tony, we will do this again in seven days. So enjoy the rest of your week. You too.